as if the sheer chaos of week 18 did not bring enough, Chris. <laughs> wow, do we have a lot to get into today. And a good mm. Tuesday afternoon. A happy new year, everybody. On January 2nd, reminder, you only get one week to say happy new year. After <laughs> January 7th, you can't say happy new year anymore. That's the rule. Happy New Year, everybody. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen, slightly under the weather, uh, in a very chilly barn over here on the south side, uh, broadcasting from the UPMC Rudy Sports Complex, where today has been a day, Chris, in regards to one Kenny Pickett and one Mason Rudolph. Yeah, it's almost uh, it's almost like this team didn't even win this past weekend. <laughs> um <laughs> Man, it's uh, it, it really is crazy. Uh, I, I um, obviously, you know, the, the Steelers beating the Seahawks for the first in Seattle for the first time in forty years. Uh, yeah, barbers and no light, Corey. I mean, that's what happens on the South Side sometimes. The little one over there that's like <laughs> helping, but they shut down in here early today. So, what no, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously that that game is having a big impact on. Uh, on uh, you know the way fans are feeling about Mason Rudolph, the way fans are feeling about uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, the way fans are feeling about uh, this team going into next weekend uh, or this you know this Saturday with their playoff hopes, you know, you know, in not not in terrible shape, especially considering where they you know should be if they didn't you know crap the bed against the Cardinals or the Patriots. Um, but I mean, and then, you know, you, you know, welcome in ringing the new year with, uh, with, uh, you know, some reports that, um, Kenny refused to play. Uh-uh. I got my dog playing oh. with squeaky toys. Uh, Bad dog. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Then you got, uh, you know, reports out there that, that Kenny refused to play or refused to suit up. Um, if he wasn't going to be starting or if he, if he was going to be the backup and, uh, obviously, um, we had DK Pittsburgh sports day on, um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, re- did his own reporting on that. And not that I needed to as well to corroborate or anything like that, but I spoke with a very reliable source that pretty much told me the same thing that he reported and lo and behold, Kenny Pickett shoots down the rumor this morning. So, oh man, what a, what a 48 hours it's been, uh, heading mm-hmm. into today, man. It's, uh. Steelers win, everybody's feeling good, and then all of a sudden you've got reports going out there, and then all of a sudden, no matter what, whether it's even if it's not true, you're still going to have some people who are, you know, shoot, the guy likes to talk in wrestling terms. I'll talk in wrestling terms too. You got a lot of people who are marks, and they're going to be, they're going to be marks. They're going to believe whatever's the, whatever they're told, and now you got a section of the fan base that wants to run run Kenny Pickett out of town. So. That's why today's title of the show is all this drama. <laughs> yeah, like we don't need any more of it. Going into week 18, oh. where the Steelers, now they don't technically have to win this uh, to get the postseason, but it certainly helps if they do. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the situations, one of the scenarios for the Steelers to get in the postseason actually can come via a loss. So yep. that, yep, there that is relies one. on a lot of other stuff, of course. A but lot. They don't want to do that. They want to beat Baltimore. No. They yep. want to go into M&T Bank Stadium week yep. 18 with Mason Rudolph under center, and they want to beat the Ravens, who it's widely speculated, widely assumed that they're going to be playing 
with a lot of backups, with a lot of reserves, because the Ravens have nothing to play for other than the sheer concept of keeping the Steelers out of the postseason, potentially. So it depends on what the Ravens do, but this is going to be AFC North ball regardless. Yes, and and just because uh, you know, if the if the Ravens do in fact rest Lamar Jackson, um, that does not mean that oh, all of a sudden this becomes a very winnable game. The Ravens are a very very good football team. Yes, Lamar Jackson puts them over the top and makes them the very well deserved number one seed in the AFC. But this is a very good football team. And if Tyler Huntley is the one at quarterback on Saturday, it's still going to be a heck of a, a heck of a time for the Steelers to try to win that game. Um, the Ravens are very, very good. Um, this is um, this is not going to be easy. And they, uh, but you know, obviously, the easiest path for the Steelers to get into the playoffs would be for them to beat the Ravens, and then for the Dolphins to beat the Bills. Uh, that would be the easiest and most likely scenario. Uh, for the Steelers to make the playoffs because you know, the Bills and Dolphins are fighting for the AFC East division in that game. So both teams are, it's not like Miami's not having to play for anything. No, they're the winner of that game wins the AFC East. So it gets a home playoff game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And so that, yeah. And the thing, well, and the Bills will be playing really, really tough because the Bills have a very, very possibility, very real possibility of losing being 10 and seven and then missing the playoffs. Because if the Jaguars also win and the Steelers win, the Bills are not in the playoffs. And as long as uh, the Texans and Colts don't end in a tie, because then they lose too many tiebreakers of all the 10 and seven teams and that they will right. be out. So, and then again, the Steelers could be 10 and seven and still miss the playoffs. They could beat the Ravens and still not make it. I actually like this point from uh, that's be at if I'm the Ravens, I play everyone because there are two teams, in the NFC that would scare me. The Steelers and the Browns. Yep. If there's two teams that can and will beat Baltimore in the AFC postseason, these are the two teams that are most likely to do it. AFC North Ball. It's a different brand. It really is. You know, it's it's being talked about by Mike Tomlin in this building so often, but it's so true mm-hmm. how different this brand of football is. Now, today, of course, was you know Mason Rudolph Day. Today's quarterback day. Is everything's pushed up a day with the Saturday game. Yep. But the question going into today was, is Kenny Pickett going to speak about anything? Well, not only did Kenny Pickett speak, but he felt it apropos to give a statement before any reporter could utter a question. Mm-hmm. So he took about 60 seconds to say, hey, I heard it. I read it. Uh, that's attacking my character. You know, it's not even getting to a player standpoint. Uh, and then he And then he clarifies it. There's no talk of me being a backup quarterback this week in terms of being a two. If he was healthy enough to play that uh, against the Seahawks and the trainers and coaches felt like that, he was going to start and play. And if they believed he was not, then he was going to be inactive. So that's what this came down to, according to Kenny Pickett. And there's a lot of, I guess, blurred lines when it comes to this situation. Although I personally, on my own level, feel it's been blown up way bigger than it needed to be or than it had to be. For sure. Um now, now, keep in mind, Kenny Pickett had ankle surgery not even a month ago. Yeah. And that injury is not something that people are supposed to come back from in less than a month. Yeah. So I think I think what people did was they saw him practice. And keep in mind, he has a practice in full. Keywords in full. Yeah. Since he had ankle surgery. Since mm-hmm. Cardinals week. Yep. So that being said, 
He's limited. He's not taking team reps. Mason Rudolph's taking team reps. He's not ready to go from a team rep standpoint in actually carrying out the game plan. I mean, not so yeah, therefore, and not even like working scout. No, not even working scout team. That was Mitch Trubisky. No. No. So yeah, I mean, yeah, this is uh, um, uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's um. I do think the the only part of it that that's fishy to me is Kenny saying that he was going to start if he was cleared. Now I'm not saying that. I don't know that 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 does because it does seem that like I think because because it was announced right after practice on Friday that Mason was going to start, and then a couple hours later is when the injury report comes out and says Kenny's questionable. And if you kind of knew at that point that Kenny wasn't going to be dressing, then why you list him as questionable? You know, that that's the only part of it that's a bit fishy to me. But then again, I trust reporting. I I trust the reporting on our site. I trust the the um what my source that I trust told me, which corroborated what DK reported. Um, and then to me, that's all I leave it at. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a beat reporter in this role that I'm in right now. So I don't have to necessarily worry about that, but just for my own peace of mind, I went ahead and just, I was just curious and figured it out. And there you go. Um, that's all. And that's all I kind of need for it. And anything else, it really doesn't matter. Um, when it comes to anybody else, shock, jock radio hosts who want to say what they want to say. I mean, my God. <laughs> well, what matters is this. In the two games Mason Rudolph has started, the Steelers are 2-0. and Their offense is balanced as it ever has been, at least this season. And they're scoring. They just ran for, they just ran for 202 yards yep. on the Seahawks, and they've scored 64 points in two games. That's the <clears> bottom <throat> line of what this has come down to. And if Kenny Pickett was healthy, would he play? Honestly, we could talk about that forever, and I feel like we did quite a bit last week. But the results have been there with Mason. There's no questioning that. And the Steelers absolutely have to win this game to give themselves the best shot at getting into the postseason. Mason's a hot hand. There's no trouble with playing Mason in this in this scenario. We could talk all we want, and we did a little bit, about the long-term implication of this on Kenny Pickett and mm-hmm. – how they view him as far as status is concerned in the offseason and what they could potentially do at quarterback. But honestly, when I really think about this, it doesn't matter too much right now. At least it doesn't matter to them. To them, what matters is beating the Ravens. To them, what matters is doing what they can with what they've got to get into the postseason. And the, the evidence is there over two games now where Mason Rudolph has been absolutely dynamite for this offense. He's mm-hmm. thrown it with confidence. His receivers are getting open for him. The, the offensive line is playing outstanding. Again, the running game, 200 yards. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren each got two nominations on angry runs, for God's sake. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, like, you want to talk about the praise there. So when you have the offense running as well as it is with Mason, there's a, there is a component of why screw with it. Keep riding him until the train falls off the tracks. What's one thing that Mike Tomlin said that we have reiterated on this show over and over and over again? Uh, two is a pattern. Um, two games in a row, this offense has looked like, I mean, dare I say, 
uh, I don't know if I want to quite use the word juggernaut, but a very well-oiled machine, um, especially this past game. I mean, yeah, they scored 30 instead of 34, but, I mean, f- what was the total number? Like 461 yards of offense? I mean, that that is a number that I don't think anybody saw this offense coming remotely close to sniffing at the beginning of the year. Um, oh. even, even, even with all the hype that was coming out of the preseason, I mean, we're talking like closer to 500 yards of offense than, than 400 yards of offense. I mean, that, that, that is, that is, uh, that's a heck of a game and they're doing it, you know, by really putting the defense in a conundrum. You either have to load up the box to stop the run. And when you do that, the Steelers are going to hit you deep. Um, or you, you know, then you have to drop back more in coverage in order to defend the deep ball. And then you lighten the box. And now Najee and Jalen get to, you know, get multiple nominations on angry runs. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, this is exactly what the Steelers wanted, wanted to be as an offense. They wanted to be a team that was going to be able to use the running game to establish everything else and open up everything else. And Mason Rudolph is in turn executing everything else to go off of that running game. Um, and uh yeah this is uh this is the this is something you cannot um you can't turn away from yet and uh i think that this you know mike tomlin getting out in front you know of it at the beginning of the week and saying mason rudolph is the guy for this week and that kenny and then kenny confirming today that he's going to be the backup i think it's the right call uh, for what the Steelers are trying to accomplish. And then I'm really curious. There's just an agent of chaos in me that is curious to see if the Steelers were to happen to win, make it to the playoffs, and then somehow win one or multiple playoff games, what the fallout of that would be. Um, yeah. Because if Mason leads all of that and this team somehow makes it to a conference championship or, lo and behold, a Super Bowl with Mason at the helm, that changes everything. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just saying that with the way this team has looked and, you know, obviously you hope to get a Landon Roberts back. That'll help out with the middle of the defense. You hope to get Minka Fitzpatrick back. That'll help out the middle of the defense a lot. I uh, hope to get Trenton Thompson back, at least get some health back in the middle of that defense. And if the offense can keep doing what they're doing. This is a team that, you know, like you said, you know, if there's anybody that can beat the Ravens, the Steelers are one of them. The Browns are another one. And so if there's any team that can dethrone that team, it could be the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was asking about the size comparison between Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. Mason's, Mason's 6'5", 6'5 five, 240. That was, ben, that, that was Ben's size. Ben was 6'5", and 240. Kenny's 6'3", 220. So slightly, obviously, smaller. And that might contribute to styles of play and might contribute to how Kenny operates in and out of the pocket and – you know, it's mentioned right here by Jim. Mason actually stands in the pocket and makes reads, plural. I can recall a throw that Mason stood in there for, and he was – that pocket was closing quickly against the Seahawks. And he, he threw it downfield with really good accuracy, really good power. I think it was De- the Deontay throw where Deontay was wide open. Um, it might have been that one, but there was one there were, where there were he, two. Was, he just stood in. Yeah, there were two to George where the pocket – I mean, he had, he had dudes in his lap. It was George, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, Mason can yeah. do that. 
Yep. Mason could do that. Mason could stand in there and do that. So now I'm I'm seeing I'm and I've I've seen you know I wrote a chalk talk piece you know that's that's using what Mason's done over the past two games to kind of show maybe why the Steelers offense hasn't done what it's done under Kenny and pocket presence was the main topic. Um, and I even had a couple people um, like respond to me say, well, Mason is standing in the pocket because he can't move out of the pocket. I'm like, okay, that is that supposed to be a shot at him? Is that supposed to be a bad thing? I mean, you have to be able to make throws from the pocket in the NFL. And there have been, I mean, okay, I'll put it this way. Name me a quarterback that had success playing outside of the pocket more often than playing inside the pocket. And I could name you and probably out name you quarterbacks that could not move and had to stay and make a living in the pocket. I mean, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Mm -hmm. right off the top of my head. I mean, two of the best of all time just were able to, they made their living from the pocket and could not do anything outside the pocket. Some of the best quarterbacks that have ever played this game were those type of quarterbacks. Um, I'm not saying that's who Mason Rudolph is. I'm just saying that's the style of quarterback that he's playing right now. And it's the style style of quarterback play that the Steelers offense has needed. They've needed a guy who can sit back in the pocket, make his reads, work through his progressions, be decisive, make your throws. And when the pocket is collapsing on you, not move your eyes down at the, at the pressure that's in front of you, number one, and then also try to bail from the pocket too quickly, because then once you bail from the pocket, your receivers are left out to dry. And now it's all improvisation at that point. Now you're asking more of your offensive line to protect you because they don't know where you're going to be behind them. They can't see where you are because they're trying to protect the guy that's trying to get to you. It's just, it makes it easier in the offense. And that, that was like one thing that I saw, like somebody was like, well, the pass protection has been better with Mason. It's also easier for them to protect the quarterback when they know where the quarterback's going to be. When the quarterback's staying, standing in the pocket, they know that's where he is. Keep the defenders away from that spot. So. Yeah. Rick, I'm going to agree with you here. Rick says, does anyone believe Mason could have done this early in the year under Matt Canada with the offensive line as a mess? No, I don't think he could have. And either could Kenny Pickett. That's what the system is. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that firing Matt Canada unlocked Mason Rudolph by any means. They fell into Mason Rudolph because Kenny Pickett got hurt. But did it even really now, unlock Kenny Pickett? Not, mm, not really. I, I mean, mean, you had you have the one you have the, the one full game, you know, yeah. which he played, which he played the Bengals and looked good. Not quite the the breakout game that you might have been looking for but a really good overall performance and then played the Cardinals. Where'd that guy go? Didn't look that great against the Cardinals had a couple of nice throws, especially on the first drive. But other than that, it was pretty underwhelming, missed a wide open check down to Najee and got himself hurt for the second time this season by leaving the pocket too early. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's just a, those are self-inflicted wounds, and those are that is the trait, the main trait that I believe is a damning flaw if you want to be successful in the NFL. It's not an anti-Kenny agenda. I've already put all that stuff, I'll put all that stuff in, in comments on my chalk talk and everything like that. Um, but uh yeah, and Richard says it's the same system. It is the same system. It's just Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan using 
using that system through their way of game planning, their way of play calling, their way of play sequencing, um, stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is the same system. I, I I don't I don't know if I would say that like Mason would definitely not be successful, but there's no way to really know. I mean, who who would have thought that Mason would play this well coming in? I certainly like, didn't. Like this well. I mean, look, at we're talking like, could Mason do a better job than Mitch Trubisky? Sure, that's a possible outcome. But putting up quarterback ratings of triple digits in both games, I don't think a lot of people would have predicted that. Um, that That's a different story. And so, uh, yeah, I... I, I I don't know. I don't like getting into hypotheticals because you just don't know. There's no way you can know. It's a hypothetical situation. By the way, the uh, game notes just dropped for this weekend, and I'm currently efforting the depth chart and where that is because mm. I, I'm just curious to know. It just it just came out as you were wrapping up there, Chris. Yeah, I'm just curious to know if you can find it too. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot. Other, I, 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 you'd have to get on my other computer. Yeah, just where Kenny Pickett resides on the depth chart. I think it's I think it's valid. I think it's um, let's see here. Roster depth chart. Here's what I'm looking for. And lo and behold, Kenny Pickett's listed QB one, Mason Rudolph QB two on the official depth chart that was just released as of today. The official depth chart. So Kenny's yeah. So Kenny's still listed as the one. Mm-hmm. Mason's listed as the two. So keep that for what it's worth to you. Um, one more quick, I guess, lighthearted topic, more lighthearted here. Uh, TJ Watt was named team MVP today, and I don't see who else would have won it. No. Fourth time he's won it. Uh, only the second Steeler ever to win the team MVP uh, award as voted by his teammates. The other guy was Antonio Brown who did it. But TJ gets it. Obviously, his play speaks for itself. I wrote about it last Friday. Yeah. Uh, before the Steelers broke for Seattle. Like, he's having another one vintage season. 17 sacks, tied for the league lead, a bunch of quarterback hits, a bunch of pressures. He's doing everything. He scores touchdowns. He recovers fumbles. He intercepts passes. Just a, a deserved distinction for him. And he didn't win it last year, probably just because he got hurt. Make won it last year. So um, I thought that was a cool note to get today. No, yeah. but Sorley's not quarterback three. Hodge, uh, Mr. Trubisky is. Yeah, no. Nick's, I mean – McSorley's not getting in the game unless all three guys in front of him get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, McSorley's there as insurance, and that's that's it. Um, yeah, no, it, definitely, definitely cool to see TJ get that. And yeah, I don't know who else he possibly could have voted. Um, I'm sure you've had three different quarterbacks play this season, and as good as Mason's been in two games, it's still only two games. Uh, it's hard to name a guy team MVP with only two game performance. Um, yeah, TJ's been phenomenal. Um, he should win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, obviously, there's going to be agenda pushing from elsewhere um, when it comes to that. Yeah, when it comes to that. Um, but um, he, he's he's legit, man. Uh, he's he's an all time great pass rusher already. Um, yeah, I uh, well deserved, well deserved for TJ. Uh, he's uh, He's really, really shown that because that that defense has been really, really banged up with injuries. And just imagine what that defense would be with all their injuries that they're having if TJ wasn't out there. Um, mm-hmm. 
he doesn't always have to get to the quarterback in order to make an impact. And that shows you how great of a player he is truly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's get to final thoughts. I I got work to do. And uh, like I said, I'm not feeling a hundred percent today, so <laughs> don't have much more of the energy today. Uh, do you have a final thought, Chris? Yeah, it's just, you know, like there's, yeah, obviously this is a, uh, you know, the past couple, a couple of days have, have really given the fan base uh, a lot to talk about. Um, really, really, I, I, I can't stress enough, man. I was talking with my wife about it yesterday and my wife is not like a, like a big sports guru. She, she likes to go to games. Now she likes to play. She was an athlete in high school and stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, but in terms of like following like fandom for teams and stuff like that, that's not really like something that she's really passionate about. Um, but I was just talking with her about it last night. And I'm, I'm like, man, there are so many people that are so invested in this. And I'm not saying that you can't be invested in something. I totally get sports fandom. I am a sports fan. I am I'm fans of certain teams. And, um, you know, I get the sports fandom thing, but there are some people that get way too personal about this and start attacking people about this and start making about college allegiances and a whole bunch of other things. And man, it's just not worth it, man. Just try to enjoy the sport for what it is. You're like, if you're a Steelers fan, your favorite football team won a game that they needed to win. And they did it in a hostile environment, a place where in which they have, they have not won in 40 years. Um, They've uh, you know, it was a heck of a win and they are now in a position in which they can realistically clench a playoff worth a better position going into the, into the final week of this year than they were in last year. Just try to enjoy that. You know, don't focus so much on drama on, you know, whether this quarterback said this or didn't want to do that, or because this guy's playing this well, it means that this guy shouldn't be the quarterback anymore and you have to run him out of town. This fan base does have a problem with treating quarterbacks terribly. I mean, we're talking all the way back to Terry Bradshaw, through Neil O'Donnell, through Cordell Stewart, through Tommy Maddox. Uh, lots of quarterbacks have been mistreated by this fan base. And um, I just urge people to just focus more on what happens on, on the field. Um, that that would be that would be what I what I would, you know just to try to be like the, the, the level headed guy there. It's just, it's not worth the time and energy to get that bent out of shape about it. It's not, there are so many other more important things in life than football. As much as I love football, there are more important things than football. Uh, Randy suggests uh, some honey. Yeah. I just, you know, it's that seasonal, like it's catching up to me when you're busy, you're running around a lot. It catches up to you. So we took the medicine this morning. We were hydrating. We're doing everything we can. So hopefully uh, we can shake this by the time. Saturday happens with a kickoff, 4.30 in Baltimore. Uh, I was a little surprised to see them get the 4.30 game, but this is kind of how uh, the NFL works, I guess, right? You get the early kickoff on Saturday, and then mm-hmm. if you're a Steelers fan, you got to sweat out all Saturday, all Sunday, up until the Bills and the Dolphins kick off Sunday night. We'll say the Steelers clinch a playoff berth. On Saturday, if they beat the Ravens and the game on Saturday night ends in a tie, that's right. They will clinch playoff berth if the Texans and Colts tie each other and the Steelers yep. win. So then you can enjoy your Sunday, relax. Steelers are in the playoffs. Bada bing, bada boom, all good to go. 
If that doesn't happen, and I probably I don't think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a winner in the Colts and Texans game. Um, if the Steelers do happen to win on Saturday, then yeah, you're going to have to sweat it out a bit to see if the Bills win or lose, to see if the Jaguars win or lose. And if the Steelers lose on Saturday, then hope for a bunch of whole, hope for a whole bunch of things to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's on Sunday. So get ready to sweat Sunday out. Get a good night's sleep Saturday night, win or lose, and uh, you'll be you'll be attacking the day Sunday while DK and I travel back from Baltimore. But Chris and I are going to get out of here. Tomorrow is a coordinator Wednesday with everything pushed up a day this week. So Wednesday, tomorrow, Eddie Faulkner and Tara Lawson will speak from right here from the south side. I'll be here for that. And uh, we'll have more coverage on DKPittsburghSports.com, on the quarterbacks, on the defense. People are asking about Mika Fitzpatrick. Not sure if he could be cleared for this week quite yet. I think injury report will dictate that. Mike Tomlin left the light on for him, though. So... We'll see what happens with uh with Mika and Alanda Roberts for that for that matter. They did not leave the light oh. on for you though today. No, they did not. They shut the lights off. They said <laughs> closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go get some writing done and then make my way over to Peterson Event Center. Pit basketball against UNC Ooh. tonight. Big game. Thank Big you. game in town. So I'll be there for that. But until then, we are on to Wednesday. DK and Ramon coming up in 30 minutes right here where you found this. And keep in mind, you can find us where podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. This has been the Southside Beat. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, everyone.